Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Pretty good, Dennis. I'm looking through our shows to watch this. We have this. We we tr- we track all our our show for those listening on uh, like Google Docs and some she- Google Sheets and things that we do. And we have a list of shows to watch that you've watched that I've watched. I've got a whole bunch I got to catch up on. Like I Spy Family is something that you recommended to me a long time ago. Still got to watch that one. RRR. All these things are like everybody says is great. You recommended them. Lico Rico. Is it Lico Rico? Is it Lico Rico? Uh, Licorice Recoil. But yes, Lico Rico is what (laughs) what we call it for short. What did you say? Licorice Recoil? Licorice. I mean, I don't know. It's Japanese, so I'm not saying it. I'm not pronouncing it right. But it's just the name of their their group. I won't try to explain it because it'll just sound strange, but it's <laughs> um, it's good. It it started out really strong, and I don't know, from my perspective, lost a little of its momentum as it got closer to the end. But um, I think that's just because as it got further on, it focused more on the actual story instead of some of the character stuff that I found really endearing at the beginning. But uh, yeah, that show was cute. I I, uh, I got a. I'm thankful for this list because because I'm coming to the point where we you know we have times in our streaming world where there's lulls where we catch up we watched all the seasons are ending at one time or something and or or Discovery is the only Star Trek out so we don't really watch anything, um, mm-hmm. um, meaning Discovery sucks. But the um, I can go to this list and find find some things. I think I started watching The Witcher Blood Origin, which is on this list, um, and I only got like I don't, one, I don't one episode in. But. It's it's fine so far. Um, mm. I think Michelle Yao's in it. Um, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I've got to I've got to watch that one. I know uh, another season of Witcher is going to come out. Spy Family is something that I, that I really want to watch. Um, but until then, we got to. Not that I'm jumping ahead too hard, far here, but um, it's kind of like one of those you know movies I've always kind of wanted to watch, but I always forget that I I need to watch them. Akira is one of those. It's something that we watched today or this last week. Um, mm-hmm. So it's nice to have these kind of lists to keep myself on track Uh, because there's just so much stuff on all the services which is great and and it's so wonderful to be able to do it but um not everything's going to come up on my uh, that's not for you page but like recommended uh, for you page yeah Yeah. whatever that's called anyway so how how, how has your week been you've been uh up here still in this area in the midwest right Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Staying with my folks. I was waiting for some Amazon packages and uh, getting the replacement battery for my laptop. I don't know if I've talked about that, but oh yeah, yeah, you did the... about, about almost blowing. We talked about this before too, but I forget. Are you? Do you live life without Amazon deliveries? How does that even? How do you live life anymore? Like <laughs> I every I want something, I just click it and it's there tomorrow. It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, that kind of stuff depends on where you are, right? If you're close to a um, a hub or a hub, I guess hub is the right word, a distribution hub for Amazon, you can get stuff faster. They also do a lot of uh, um, sort of predictive AI to get to put stuff in locations where people might order it, right? It's weird oh, yeah, sort of have, machine learning stuff. They have stuff. a whole building of, of uh, D&D things and Transformers just outside my window. They know what's going right, to be delivered right. to me. Um, but, no, when I am on the road, 
Um, now, this isn't the case for my laptop because I had to get a battery from Razer. So I had to give them a normal street address. Um, I can get packages delivered to RV parks. Oh, um, okay. Most of them, at least in the network that I'm using, because I assume because most of the people who camp there are in the membership or in the program, so they're not paying, right? Like I can't quote unquote for free. Right, I pay annual dues and then I camp for free. Yeah, right, right. Right, so it's it's not really free. I'm paying for it, but I'm not paying. I you know, hate that I, term. I'm doing it for free. I get this for yeah, right. Right. When when I make a reservation, the invoice that I confirm and check the to agree the terms and all that says zero dollars, right? right? But I pay. You know, I paid a big chunk of money up front and I pay annual dues for that privilege. So it's it's not really free, but free in quotation marks marks um anyway most of the rv parks charge a handling fee for packages well i shouldn't say most a lot of them do um and so yeah i could get a box delivered there but the park is going to charge me five bucks a box to pick it up it's Mm. not onerous but um it's just a thing and then amazon has a program um I want to call it hubs. What's it called? Um, sometimes they call them lockers. Like okay. y- you've probably seen them in the stores, but not known what they were. Okay. Um, first time I saw them was in a Whole Foods because I think Whole Foods is part of Amazon now. Oh, okay. Um, there are two different systems. Um, one is a locker, and I think they maybe even call them hubs, which is why I hesitated to call distribution centers hubs. Sure. Um, they have counters and lockers. A counter is where they have a deal with a store, a sometimes a pharmacy, or like all the UPS stores do it. I think most, most all of them do. Um, where they'll send your package there, and then you go there to the store during normal business hours, give them a code, they pull it out of a drawer give it to you, scan it, whatever. Um, it's similar to like making a return to Amazon through a UPS store. Um, the other way is the lockers, um, which are just like it sounds. It's a bank of lockers, a big wall of things, little doors, different sizes, right? Mm-hmm. For different size boxes. And there's a limit, right? You couldn't order like a Oh, I don't know. What's something like big you can order on Amazon? Like you can buy lawnmowers and bikes on Amazon. They won't send those to lockers, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right. the lockers are, they're sometimes in a store, but sometimes they're outside. Um, and they're fully automated. Like there's a screen, you either punch in your number, or if you've got Bluetooth enabled on your phone and you have the Amazon app, your phone will connect to the locker through the app identify you and which packages are yours and the little doors will just open they don't have handles on them Mm -hmm. um so they're you know automatic magnetic locks and then your package is in there you grab it you close the door you go what happens if you're Um, uh, you don't pick it up after a long do like you there is yeah that happened to me when i was um when my car was in the shop back in february february january whatever it doesn't matter um I think it varies based on location, but at the one I used, I ordered some stuff thinking, you know, I'll go into the, I'll go into town in a few days and get it. And then my Jeep wouldn't start. Um, then it ended up being delayed, but not delayed enough. Um, it's usually like three days 
Okay. So it'll sit at the location for three days. If you don't pick it up, it gets automatically returned and refunded. Oh, lame, but makes sense. So, I mean, it's, it's, if something goes wrong, like handling it required no effort or interaction on my part at all. It was yeah. just, I didn't pick it up in time. It went back. I got refunded. Right. And I mean, I ordered that same stuff again. It's a wonderful weeks living ago. in the future. I, I, I will say the, the, the fact that this is, this is even a possible thing. It's right. Right. I mean, it's absolutely crazy that, and, and, and I know there's long talks about like, I want to say that M word monopoly of, of Amazon and the, the things that they have over the distribution networks and the big stuff. But it's just amazing that we do live in a world that you can, you know, mm. drive a camper around the world and still be able to get things delivered wherever you want within a day or two, you know, toothpaste or anything. Um, right. Not to your door, but you know, at least to the same thing. That's that's very cool. Um, cool. So uh, I was I did a pretty busy weekend this last week. I I, I was going to go see three movies in three days, but I got too exhausted on Sunday and uh, after because mm. it was Easter stuff, and I was like, okay, after I'd done the Easter stuff, I was going to go see the D and D movie one more time. Uh, but I'll have to maybe maybe watch I was this weekend. But. I was going to see if my sister and brother, who live here with mom and dad, well, Andrew lives next door, um, see if they had plans to go see the Mario movie, mm. but you said I wouldn't like it, so I, I didn't have yeah, to that. I, I, I did see, we can talk about that, I, I did watch Super Mario. Uh, I enjoyed it, um, because, I, as you would say, I moderated expectations. Um, I, that doesn't mean, I don't want to that say that it's bad. It's just, it's a kid's movie. It, you know, if if it's I put it mm. in the league, same realm of Sonic as Sonic One, except Sonic One had some bit of a character development. This was this is just basically a Mario, like a Mario Brothers story in the game with a little bit more stuff to it. Like they they show. Is it? I know you. I I didn't see this because you said kind of the same thing about it. But it was it more like Sonic Two? Um, maybe. I, I the, both of those movies kind of blur together. Uh, to me okay sure um but uh it's if if you like the mario games the stories that are in the mario games uh then that's about what it is um and you you get a little bit more time it's definitely more than that i would say i mean there's i think i think the last mario game i played was galaxy sure and there's not a whole lot of story the story what story there was in that of course the old games were like Hey, there's a princess. Go save her. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. Same thing. It's uh, um, except this. Well, I will say this one doesn't have the princess go save her. They they they're very intentional to not make that the theme. Yeah, that would that wouldn't fly in twenty. Not not today. Uh, it's um, but the, uh, the 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 story is, and there's no surprises in any of this. Mario and Luigi come from Earth, actually, from our world through a pipe, and. Uh, end up I mean, in, I saw the movie with John Leguizamo, and um, yeah, exactly um, right. Yeah, uh, it's funny they they use um, I won't say that one, but anyway, they they go into the Mushroom Kingdom. They get split up. Mario and Luigi do. Luigi gets captured immediately by um, Bowser. So it's kind of like I guess it's kind of like saving uh, Luigi instead of the princess. Hmm. And um, and Bowser wants to take over the world so that he can. Uh, propose and marry Peach, which is sure. It's, it's just that's a very kid plot, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. n nothing to think about that. And, and she, Peach is a ruler of the Mushroom Kingdom and wants to stop Bowser and has to go to ask for the King King or the Kong Army for Donkey Kong, you know, and stuff. The Kong sure. Army, and then they go and fight Bowser, and that's that's it. That's that's the movie. There's no surprises there. It's just the adventures that they do along the way. You know, how do they meet Donkey Kong? The the action scenes with the Mario Kart stuff. You know, um, you see lots of all the little creatures that come through in the games. There's Bullet Bills, and you know all that stuff. It's just it's it's exactly what you think it is. Nothing okay. more, nothing less. Um, it made a ton of money, so there will be a sequel for sure. Right, and there's no I mean, there's no kids it, it movies would, out coming out soon at all. So yeah, yeah, it would have to be pretty bad, I think, not to right. Like we've gotten, I think, with movies like um, Detective Pikachu and Sonic, and even sort of gray area comparisons like Free Guy, or even. Um, Ready Player One, or I think yeah. people have gotten, the filmmakers have gotten kind of a feel for how to do this, if not right, at least not bad. Um, and then you've got Mario, right? Like, Mario has to be one of the most recognized franchise, video game franchises in the world. If not if not the most. Like, sure. you, like, just in the world of video games, what's close? Like, Pokemon? And Pokemon is still, like, you know, any maybe not any boomer but like any gen x adult who maybe never played a video game knows mario knows mario right yeah. all the way back to all the way forward right for sure um and i'm playing one of the one of the newer mario brothers games and it's still wonderful so they're, they're you know they're, they're doing wonderful jobs and um of course the movie should do well and the, the couple things they they address the chris pratt voice in the first two minutes um mm. the, the movie opens up with uh uh, the Mario and Luigi doing a Super Mario Brothers plumbing commercial, which is sure cute and funny. And the and the, what's funny is that their theme music for the commercial is from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show from like the eighties or nineties, whatever that was. Like, right, the, right, the, of course. They had that with Lou Captain Lou Obano, Obano whatever. Um, so that was wonderful. And Mario's doing Chris Pratt's doing an Italian Mario voice for the commercial, and then. They're watching the commercial, and Mario starts talking in like his kind of. He's still doing kind of a, a Mario voice. Chris Pat is, but not to like the extreme. And then he's like, "Sure." He Mario kind of explains real quickly that he did that thicker Italian accent for the thing, so that you know he could bring out his Italian roots or something. And he's he's wondering sure. if it was too much. And Luigi's like, "No, no, I was wondering." So they kind of immediately go, uh, "Oh yeah, this this is why he sounds like Chris Pratt instead of like." You know the, the Mario that you say because he's only doing right. that for for that. Um, so it, th that that I'll be honest, that didn't bother me one bit. Charlie Day is Luigi. Sure, I could not see not <laughs> not see Charlie Day as Charlie. Luigi. Yeah, uh, but everybody else was fine. I Peach, I just saw as Peach. She sounded the actress was great. Uh, Anna Taylor Joy or whatever. Anya, and, yeah, Anya, and then um, uh, Jack Black was perfect as Bowser. I just saw Bowser, didn't see Jack. Except there's several times when uh, Bowser sings songs. And mm. not like a musical, but it's it's supposed to be goofy. But it's Jack Black's song, Goofy. It's clearly Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah clearly yeah. Jack Black doing his funny song stuff that he does. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this is this is a thing. Um, but beyond that, it's just cameos of Mario stuff. Um, 
And if you are uh, enamored with that, if you load up a Mario game and love hopping on the little turtles and seeing them play the music and then like the, the, the mushrooms Goombas do a little dance as they walk across the screen. Like that's what this is, mm-hmm. right? It's just all kind of cutesy things. Um, so I liked it. My kids really liked it. They were all smiles when they came out of the theater. I think Fox's kid was the same way. Um, and I would say that there's a lot of other movies for you, Dennis, to go watch that are, that are better out there. Um, but if you want to just, uh, I want to sit down and have a fun smiley face movie and not worry about anything. Mario's great. Right on. Uh, I did see John Wick four on Friday late at night. It was, okay. It's actually a three hour movie. I can't believe it was three hours. Um, did, uh, did he have a new dog? He did not have a new dog, but he, he did okay. shoot guns. That, that's something that happened. He shot guns. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's more John Wick. John Wick is keeps getting better and better with each one, which is crazy because that shouldn't happen, especially with this genre. Um, and right. this is a, another great one. It, these John Wick movies have always given just a little bit of the, the mythos to make you make it stand out from other just shoot 'em ups, and sure. and make it interesting. And this does that, but this has a lot of resolutions I think to, to it. Um, which is nice. Do you think it might be done, the franchise? Can't say. I can't can't say. Okay. Um, but I don't know. You said you said there were resolutions. Th- there are resolutions, but I can't say. So th- okay. there, yes, I can't say. Because <laughs> um, we're not in a spoiler section. But, oh, I see. I see. Uh, but uh, it, it was it was really fun. I'll hear something. I asked Sydney if she wanted to go watch it with me because I was going to say I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch this show. Um, and I'm going to, you know, she like, we like going to the movie theater just to go. And it's like right. nine o'clock at night. Um, do you want to go or just want to, you want to, want to stay here? She's like, Oh, oh I'll, I'll go. She's like, I don't know anything about John, John Wick. And I told her John Wick in like a minute and a half synopsis, you know, lost his dog, lost his, his wife. Uh, everybody wants to, to, he wants, wants to get out and everybody wants to keep him in, you know, that's it. And then at the end, they're all after him, you know, can to be continued. And she's like, okay, I get it. That's all there was. And then she went and watched this, and she really liked it. Like, she got out, and her words were, and I quote, that was a really good movie. I was like, yeah, hmm. I, I, I totally agree. She was, she was really into the, um, it, the cinematography of the, of the movie has where they just have colors on the screen and almost looks like artwork when they're, when they're I would say, gun dancing. Um. And okay. it's just a really neat aesthetic for some of the stuff. And then there's this one scene that I really, really like. First off, I want to start off by saying it's too long. Three hours was too long. They should have cut out two of the Three big fight hours. scenes that go on for a long time. They're awesome, sure. but you still should have cut them out. It's just too long, too much. Um, I said that, and then late in the in the the show, there's a scene where. It's a big gun battle. He's going through a building, like an old building, right? And he's, he's, he's trying to do something. I don't know. If, uh, there's a bunch of people, and he's trying to survive, right? Um, and the camera is, like, from above. And, it, and he goes from room to room, and it goes from room to room. Imagine it being, like, a big set with no roof, right? And the camera mm-hmm. is just above it. So you see him going to all these rooms and picking up these weapons and fighting people. And you see other people in the different rooms as the camera follows him from a, a top from room to room. 
and you can see the multiple rooms. It's just a really cool shot or a sequence, I should say, and really fun. And he'll shoot through the walls and stuff because you see the guys walking through the walls in the other room because you're above them. And it's, and it's all one single shot. So there's a whole bunch of that. And so even Sydney could see it and go like, wow, this is, they just, that's so amazing. And then, of course, there was actually, the characters are pr- are pretty like, I mean, they're it's unlikable, but they're pretty noticeable. Like you, you know who this person is. They're all like big and um, to stand out. They're kind of big characters. Um, so if some of them die, even Sydney would be like, oh, that, I like that guy, you know, or I like that hmm. girl. And um, even though she didn't know him from multiple movies, it didn't matter because they were still very, very good. So I, w- I was really happy to see that she really enjoyed it a whole lot. Um, and I did really enjoy it, enjoy it too. And I'm glad that I do it. Uh, she, her comment, not mine, was this is why you go to the theaters was her thing because it's big, big, bright, super beautiful colors. Every gun is sounds totally different. Some and then mm. when you get a re- he picks up what I always say, like a BFG like a real big gun that they saw loaded earlier and it, he shoots it like a big shotgun it goes boom boom and you just feel it right mm. so when the guy gets hit with it and goes blasting across the room you believe it right right and, and like that was and we were fortunate that this the- cinema at this theater actually had the volume turned up so it sounded really well because <laughs> um, you know they after after COVID they turned them all down and then. It got kind of quiet, but sure. So anyway, yeah, th- big thumbs up for John John Wick Four. Definitely don't go watch it if you don't like like gunfights and just pure action movies. There's no reason to watch any of those unless you don't like those. But if you liked any single John Wick, this is excellent and it's a thumbs up. Cool. Yeah. Okay, what do we got here? You want to talk about our movie? Sure. <laughs> All right, this week we watched uh, Akira, or Akira, from 1988, uh, Katsuhiro Otomoto, and a bunch of Japanese names I won't try to pronounce. I had not seen this. Had you seen this? I, th- I think you said you, you maybe saw it. I, I now, because I, I remember I said I couldn't remember, I think I watched like the first half hour of it, because I didn't okay. see anything after that. But I knew the first half hour, and then I didn't see any more. Okay. Which, by the way, the first um, half hour is fairly boring. Like, it's just yeah, it punk really, kids on a bike stuff. Yeah, it starts out really strong. Like, the first ten minutes of it, yeah. I was really engaged. And I'm not usually, you know, I wasn't, like, on the edge of my seat. But I was like, oh, this is just really good. There's a lot of action. It's kind of thing. I don't really know what's going on, but that's what it's like when a story starts in media res. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got more and more um, sort of broad in scope as the movie went on. Right. Um, sure. Of course, being as old as it is, it reminded me a lot of, th- re- reminded me of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that. Some yeah. older, some newer. Um, I think, let me see. You know, it was set in the same year, like the post-apocalypse years, as Blade Runner, I think that was intentional. That could be. It has it has big Blade Runner vibes, and uh, I couldn't remember the timeline, but I checked. Blade Runner was um, 
82. So this was obviously inspired by that, mm-hmm. but then went on to inspire other things, right? The, yes, the, for sure. The look and feel of it in some ways um, was very much uh, an inspiration for um, Evangelion, mm-hmm. even Evangelion, uh, NGE, that we watched last year, the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of that is just being an older style of anime. Uh, the people are more realistically proportioned in this than than Ava, but oh, still, sure. still cartoons, still, you know, for all people talk about the weird... Uh, I don't think people talk about this as much anymore, about the weird proportions of anime characters, because uh, uh, Disney has followed suit with a lot of those mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, aesthetic uh, styles. And it was kind of always the case, if you look at, like, Peanuts... Or something like that. I think right. we talked about that when we watched the the Peanuts movie. Yep. Like they have small bodies and tiny and giant heads. Like they're not. They're supposed to be like babies, but they're still not. Like babies' heads are not that big. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about this one. It's it's strange. And it's definitely one of those, again, like I said, it came at a time that, you know, inspired a lot of things. I think people say that it it kind of legitimized um, anime in in other parts of the world when people saw this and were like, oh, this is not kids. This is not stuff for kids. Yeah. Like, this is a real, like, serious adult story. Probably inspired. I mean, even though it came after Blade Runner, I think it's probably still a significant uh contributor to the cyberpunk genre yeah um i mean that's 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 what i've i i did some reading i did some read i don't usually go back and read stuff afterwards or or look up impressions mm-hmm. until at least after we've talked um sure. but i did on this one because um i enjoyed the film and it was good I, as much as i enjoy other anime like, sure. That that they, it sounds like an insult. I don't want to say it that way. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, d- different countries have different styles of storytelling, and that's one of the first things I thought about this one when I was watching this. Was like, man, I you know, there's there's um, literature. You can take literature studies and stuff in college here and in the U.S. and and different places. And they teach how to write story and story structure, and then I watch movies from other countries and not all countries, but different cultures and they tell stories completely differently and, and it doesn't jive with my sensibilities the same way. Um, but it's still a story. It's just told in a different way. And I think, wow, man, I, I, I bet you that's be an interesting thing is studying literary stories in, from different cultures and seeing how they tell stories and such. Because anime yeah. tells stories in different ways, and Akira tells a story in a different way, and I, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a sort of like universal, um, you know, there are universal elements to that, right? That mm-hmm. are just people, right? Humans from all over. But I bet, I mean, while there's still there's still differences now between different cultures, different countries. I mean, even if you don't even have to get into different countries, like a movie made in New York is different from a movie made in California. Sure. Um, or TV shows made in Canada, which is just over the border, like shouldn't be that different, but there are subtle 
um, things that you can find. It depends on source material and the writers and all that thing. But um, there's also a split, I think, where so much of, you know, what we think of East versus West, mm-hmm. right, in a in a global sense. A lot of that, as I understand it, means that most of our, and by our, I mean the West, Western culture, originated in ancient Greece, yes. right? So we're all looking at, like, um, Herodotus and um, those other, like, philosophers and playwrights at the time who... Right invented our concept of history mm-hmm. that then inspired, you know, a couple millennia of writers and screenwriters and Shakespeare and um, all the classics, right? The classics were taught um, in schools for centuries. And even though people break away from that stuff and, and you know, do their own thing, it's still there. Like the roots of it are still there. Yeah. Um, and and then we have this like binary good and evil philosophy that comes from that and is then in in uh enhanced and encur- not encouraged whatever enhanced um by like christianity right we had mm-hmm. rome catholicism for centuries right. that influences all this storytelling you get into like revenge stories and and all this stuff where in the East, and I'm probably, you know, wrong, you know, have wrong conception about a lot of this. But you look at something like um, uh, Shang Chi, yeah, right. To to bring it back to Marvel, they still have like negative and positive. They have good and evil, but it's not as clear. It's not as binary. That there's more different factors that that come into this. Um, the sense of balance, right? The, yeah. the yin and yang, um, kind of stuff. Anyway, that's, yeah. that's as much as I understand it, but do you, yeah. I, so, but I cut you off in the middle of no, your... that's okay. Yeah. The, the, so when, when, uh, when you have this different kind of storytelling type stuff, it, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's it, foreign is the best way to say it to, to Westerners, especially back then. And when you would watch, um, a foreign film from Japan, especially anime, you just uh, the storytelling was so different and so for, I keep saying we're foreign and different that people just didn't get it in the West and they, mm. they just didn't and it, it was not popular and um, then Akira comes along and the West really liked it it had some Western storytelling sensibilities mixed with Japanese uh, story storytelling mm. sensibilities and the mature theme. And it wasn't kid stuff, which we were always seeing over in the West. It was that they did not expect it when they made it to be popular in the West at all. And then here it was, and everybody's like, wow, this is a real thing. And it put anime, Japanese anime on the map for the, for the globally. Um, so, so yeah. that is, I appreciate that for it. I, Watching it, trying to watch it as just a standalone, how is this the thing? Do I enjoy this type thing? You know, don't have that perspective because I live, you know, in 2023 now um, and, <laughs> and didn't get into it back then when I was, was a kid. So um, it also has a lot of other alle- allegorical stuff that I won't go into that people really get into with Akira. But uh, overall, it was a fine story. It it drag it drug in several parts. I didn't understand a lot about it when I was talking. When I was thinking of uh, storytelling being different, like I, 
in a lot of anime, they don't explain a lot. There's a lot left not explained in many anime. Sure. Meaning, like, I don't know their relationship. What's their relationship? I don't... Where? How did this come about? Why are they so protective of somebody? And maybe that's just a cultural thing. Like, you know, in Japan, kids can walk around at, like, four or five years old unaccompanied. You know, that's just... And everybody has to protect them, you know. Or if they're younger, it's just a thing that school kids protect the other school kids, you know. And I don't understand that relationship. Um, and in, in Akira, same thing kind of things. I don't understand. I didn't understand who the kid, what, is it Takayashi or Takayashi? I can't remember his name. He's the, the Zion. Tetsuo? Say it again. Tetsuo? Yeah, him. He, you know, I didn't know his relationship to Kanada. Uh, Kanada? Canada? I, yeah. I always wanted to say Canada. I can't help not say it. Yeah, it's it's... Fair, it's it's close enough to Canada, right? Um, didn't understand their relationship, and there's a history. And I thought they're going to tell us to us, but they kind of tell us it at the end instead of the beginning. So it's kind of like now they they expect us to have invested in these two people and why their motivations are. Without we have no idea what their motivations are until the end of the movie, and you see somewhat where how they met. And you're like, they're doing this backwards. It feels really weird. They should have told us <laughs> why he cares about him before sure. I'm supposed to care about him. Um, so it was really confusing a lot of times. He felt like he was protecting him, but then trying to kill him. And then I just I didn't understand a lot of that, why they were their what their, I guess what their motivations were for a lot of stuff. I didn't understand yeah. the three kids' motivation, what their story was. And again, we don't know anything about them until the very end of the movie either. So this this kind of longish film, I don't really know why people are doing things the whole time. You know, mm. and and then at the end they kind of give it to us in these little flashbacks when they go into the singularity type thing, um, and like okay, I wish I would have had some kind of context before to to understand some of sure. this stuff, and then they really don't yeah. expand upon it. Um, it. So I did get left watching this movie with a there's supposed to be some kind of lesson here about something, and I don't quite get it, but that's okay. So all that to say, I didn't think it was a bad movie. Or a good movie, anime. It was just, <laughs> it was just okay. Um, there sure. were some good scenes. One thing I did watch on a uh, on a video of is, you know, the, it's cell animation and how they hand drew, hand drew every single thing and used all these multiple colors to get bring it to life. And I am still every time I see the old time way of making animation is still just stunning to me. How yeah. incredibly detailed the guy was putting. He's got this little paintbrush and he's painting. He's putting lights on the skyscraper building right every little window you know not it has dot 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 in straight lines all the way across right like yeah. for, for one frame and you're like that is just crazy dedication and, and, yeah. and beauty yeah. and and you see it and everything's hand painted here when they they had the bike the bikes take off and there's lights that kind of trail behind them and that's mm-hmm. all each frame is hand drawn with those transparent lights fading off into thing no computer monitor modern computer generation stuff where you can say fade from here to there you know mm-hmm. they no, do uh interpolation yeah yeah they just do it all everything by hand and like it just from that standpoint it's gorgeous and should be commended for the incredible work that this was was put into this this film um but from just a standpoint i would give it a <laughs> b minus i guess i would say um hmm. There's a lot of there's because there's a lot of great anime and I and and I'm doing perspective here because I'm in 2023. There's mm-hmm. you and I have watched some incredible anime, 
most recently watched the the Bell movie, and mm-hmm. you, you watch these things, and you're just what anime is today is so gorgeous and incredible. Obviously, it's a massive industry, so some of it's terrible, but um, right. And we can give the the we can give credit to things like Akira, and I'm saying that wrong, but um, we can give credit to to, to movies like that. Uh, but as I've done with other movies, as we've come in the back, it's fine for its time. But there's there's if I was going to recommend anime movies, I would recommend so many different ones nowadays uh, to non right. to non anime uh, watchers. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're if you're getting into anime, like if you're if you are into anime and you're looking for pieces of the history, I mean, it's it's no different from old films that we've watched exactly, right? that exactly. were, yes. were inspirational. I, of course you, yes. you're talking about different ways of storytelling, of course, thinking of Kurosawa, uh-huh. right. And things like, um, seven samurai and all the things that it inspired based. I mean, some like direct, uh, uh, magnificent seven kind of stuff and other just like, Oh, what if we introduce a character like this instead of, you know, with some kind of exposition, like have them do something that's completely unrelated to, the actual story of the movie like just they're on their own little mini story kind of thing like so many movies do that now and and he did that probably not first but in a way in a time that inspired a bunch of filmmakers of that generation yeah um yeah, yeah. i think that's definitely true for this i i 100 get what you're saying where i there were many moments i did not know what Canada was gonna do i was like is he on his side now are they friends he's trying to get there i see that he's trying to get there um but he literally just shot him the scene before <laughs> and and then he shoot, then he shoots at him i'm like okay that, well i wasn't expecting that but i get it like he can't control the powers he's a danger to himself that's all you know we've seen all of that stuff done um many many times yeah, um yeah. since this and this isn't that old right, right it's yeah. 30 oh, i don't know what 35 years old um, you know, it's not Kurosawa and it is after Blade Runner. Um, but yeah. And so I don't know if like the, the sparse character introduction exposition stuff is, is just Japanese. I don't think it is. It's, you know, I mean, it, that's part of it, obviously, but I don't think it's just that. There's probably um, still elements of product of its time, right? Like, I've watched original Blade Runner all the way through at least once, and I've seen parts of it several times, and it's so slow. And there's so much of it you don't understand, right? That's just That's just never explained. And you're like... Okay, so some of that is of its time, like pacing, pacing of storytelling and films has accelerated over time, right? There's just as culture changes as people don't have the time. And and this movie is faster than a Kurosawa film, yeah, right? Because in the 50s, you go and watch a movie and sure, you want, you don't care how long the movie is. You've got nothing else to do. Yeah, yeah. You don't have TV at home. Um, you go home and and read the paper again, right? (laughs) Or something. Right. Um, And so there's some of that. And so that's my, my sort of like, you know, 
here's my best guess at understanding of why this is this way. I'm not yeah, not yeah. saying that I disagree. Like I definitely was confused at a lot of times, but I I sort of knew with this kind of story, like okay, this is there's a lot of um, not not necessarily allegory, though I'm sure that there is allegory, right? It's there's a bomb in Tokyo and it's World War Three. <laughs> you have that. Right what is now kind of a hilarious thing where they jump ahead in the future, but the future is now our past, right? Like <laughs> right back right, to the yeah. future or this or Blade Runner or, or um, um, Terminator, any of that stuff. They're like, Oh, 30 years in the future. We'll have a third. I mean, they had two world wars. So you're like, and they, you know, we're living under the, the threat of nuclear annihilation. They're like, yeah, there's, I mean, even um, Star Trek did it. I think they put original series, put world war, three in the 90s but that was you know 30 years right they're like in another 30 years we'll probably have another world war because it's happened twice now um right and you're like okay yeah i mean obviously from our perspective it seems silly but it didn't to them right you, right. you know what do you what do you think is going to happen in 2050 or 2053 yeah. or whatever like who knows right. um somebody looking from the 2060s 2070s is going to go ha huh? those nerds thought that the, the you know, <laughs> whatever um you know you know one way we get we get to happily the world can accept things like that now is that we know understand what the multiverse is so we all just see it as right like right right which is funny because we we've all known the multiverse theory from before but now it's mainstream and everyone knows what the multiverse theory is now. yeah yeah every back in I'm sure that I sent this to you. The Omnibus podcast podcast did an episode on Flash of Two Worlds, and I'm sure you know about Flash of Two Worlds, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, I didn't. And it was like not the first one, but like came at a time when nobody knew. Like the Barry Allen and the other guy, like had to like explain in great detail what it means for the two of them to be from different timelines, to be from parallel universes, alternate realities, m multiverse thing. Like nobody had heard any of those terms. And now it's so common that you're like, Oh yeah. Toby Maguire is in this, uh, is in this Spider-Man movie with, with Andrew Garfield and, and, uh, uh, why am I blank on the other guy's <laughs> name? Tom, Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, Right. And everybody's like, oh, multiverse, you know. Um, yeah. Or, you know, the entire concept of a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, yeah. I got I got uh, sidetracked there. What was <laughs> I saying? Um, well, the, we were talking about like how, yeah, how it's in yeah, the future, so, but the past and the flashbacks and the forward. Yeah. 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 And and I think I think I'm with you on this. Like, I I didn't dislike it. Um, there were there were moments and sequences and scenes that. Um, that I thought were cool. Like the, the sort of interactions early on between like teenage boys and teenage girls, like still felt very natural and real considering they're in a sort of post apocalypse, but you know, it's 30 years and they're teenagers. So you have the a little bit of the last of us kind of thing where like, yes, this disaster happened, but now you've got a whole new generation who doesn't remember the disaster. They're just living in this rebuilt, rebuilt, um, kind of, almost fascist uh uh society and of course for japan like 
they had a pretty bad history with fascism. Oh, yeah. uh, not that long, you know, a couple generations, right. barely, barely two generations before this movie. So, um, for sure, you know, there's, there's, there's elements of that too. Yeah. But yeah, I think to a modern viewer now, again, unless you're a big anime fan and especially history of anime, um, I think you're going to struggle with this one. Like it's yeah. going to be, um, uh, and, and a little bit of a to, to those out there who are like challenge. you just don't know then like i get it man chill it's cool we're, we're not we're not saying that it's you know there's not a lot of history and a lot of things you can go to read up on this i think what we're trying to say here is just just viewing it just straight viewing the film mm-hmm. as it is and you know especially if we recommend it to, to people if you want to watch an anime akira is not at the top of my list you know because and that's and that's a credit to, to where anime has come since Akira. Um, sure. Right. And, and, and so put, put that into perspective and, and in a review of, you know, how, how does this movie kind of stack up to right now? Cause that's what you and I talk about a lot is, and how we started a lot of this, this podcast was, you know, we hadn't seen a thing or how does it hold up? What do we think now? Or you've not seen that and I've not seen that. What do we think today right now with some perspective? Um, and, that, yeah. and that's with, with Akira. So it's not bad, but, um, I, and I am glad I watched it actually, because I, like I said, I, I got, didn't get through a half hour and I can see why there was just not, not a lot going on. It felt like, you know, and even with character, um, development, there wasn't, didn't feel like a whole lot was happening. Um, and it didn't really pick up until I think until the, the kid got put into like got arrested, um, mm-hmm. and started exhibiting powers. Then it started becoming like interesting because I didn't know what was going on with the whole power thing or what they were trying to yeah, do. Yeah, I I don't remember why. I still but don't know I why look... the powers, where they came from. Um, Do they say? Did I miss that? It's it's something when he he interacts with the other kid, but I think I think it's genetic. I think it's in them and it manifests at a certain age. Um, but, but they I don't, think... they, they don't really say it's not like they're not, are they mutants or are they aliens or are they, they don't really say, I mean, they, they have some of that, right. They or go they into that. It's, it's, on it, by the government type stuff. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's the, um, yeah. I mean, my, my, what I saw, what I heard watching it was, was very much the mutants kind of thing like next step in human evolution kind of stuff and they talk about some of that in the middle when um i think it's k is trying to explain explain it to canada um yeah they could have used a little bit more exposition i think here and there <laughs> sure sure and some of that's hard you know because translated into english but um i there was something that i wanted to know and i don't remember what it was um, and so I looked it up, but I tried not to, uh, maybe I, th- I think because this happened to me recently and I say that about, um, Banshees of Inishirin, um, where I'm like, I wish I had just a high level, like, I don't necessarily want to get spoiled, but I want like a high level theme or whatever for the movie rather than just trying to go in cold and ending up get being just confused the whole time um and so i knew like just from the just from the blurb um 
Yeah, this one on IMDb is not is not very good. Um, secret military project endangers Neo Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who can only be stopped by a teenager, his gang of biker friends, and a group of psychics. <laughs> like that, it that almost tells you the whole story, <laughs> kind of in a, in a way. But something that I read told me, like, gave away to me that Tetsuo was going to have Esper or or psychic powers. Um, And so that third act or that second act where they're just kind of hanging out and he's a little moody and stuff's kind of happening to him, but you don't really know what's going on. I saw that as like, oh, he's he's changing. He's starting to develop powers and he doesn't know because the doctors didn't tell him. And... And so we're leading toward that. Eventually he's going to start, you know, doing telekinesis and stuff. Um, but this is just the build up to that. So I already knew that that's what was happening, which yeah. maybe helped get me through that. Because it is slow. Like, it's just slice of life, mundane. Like, they talk to these girls and they go to school and they're bullied. And um, after the high energy of the of the opening, you're like, what's what's going on? Why is this uh, <laughs> so slow? Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I conclusion i give it like, let's say a, a b minus i guess i would say um and mm. w- would not recommend it as a as an anime to new people if you're a, an avid anime fan there chances are you've already seen it anyway uh, sure and, and it, it and you said it right the best in us Histo- for historical reasons you know it's, it's ones you gotta watch but no uh, okay, so next week, um, it's your I, pick. My, my pick. I'm picking. Um, I saw this a long time ago, but it had to been like late '90s or something when I first watched it. it was Red Dawn? Um, it's Russia's in, Russia invade. It, this is the one from 1984. I think is what this is. Um, okay. There was mm-hmm. a remake in 2012, but we're gonna watch the old one. It's uh, Russia invades the U.S. You know, one thing that we have been very fortunate for here in the United States is we've never actually had war on our land, which is besides our civil war and the Revolutionary War. Um, so mo- modern war, I'd say. So this is something like mm-hmm. it's basically the idea of what if we were invaded by another country? And this one happens to be uh, Russia. So and then a bunch of kids, you know, have to become like a. I don't know, they're a. Um, rebels i guess was the thing they're, they're just living out mm, in, in like the, a like a civil defense force kind of kind of but not not that really great i mean really it's just that that you know i i really <laughs> don't remember a whole lot of it but i remember that the plot is that they you know they, they're living normal lives and all of a sudden russia comes with paratroopers and stuff and starts attacking takes everybody by surprise and then they have to like just run off with a bunch of their high school friends they just run off into the mountains around colorado or something and are scared to death and they try mm. to make it in town and they're surviving. So they do like, eventually they do like some guerrilla warfare stuff to save their parents. Maybe I can't remember, um, or get groceries and, you know, fight back a little bit, but I'm, I really can't remember most, but that's what, that's the story. But I remember being interesting because of the concept of what if, you know, we got invaded, it, you know, we take that for granted as many, many yeah, countries the- live in that every day. Right. The the name of it reminded me of Red Storm Rising, okay. which is a Tom Clancy novel. Uh, 
that I think got made into a movie. I read the book. I didn't, I didn't see the movie, um, which is a similar, but I think on a broader scope, like a bunch of stuff goes wrong and there actually is like full on war. Um, but it's told, it's one of those epics like war and peace that's told from a bunch of characters in a bunch of places. And they, he jumps back and forth. Um, I don't, I don't, ones. I will say, I, I don't think this one is that high minded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm seeing clips on IMDb and it looks a little more, uh, a, a little closer to stripes than, yeah. um, yeah, and it, yeah, it's kind of in the production value ish. Yeah. Not, it, not, not, not full, comedy, like yeah. not Bill Murray comedy, but yeah, definitely not a comedy, but in um, scope and, and, yeah, and it, it is eighties. So it's, you know, very much red scare and stuff like that. But, um, okay. So staying with, movies um star wars celebration happened last week i think um i don't think we're gonna spend a whole lot of time on all the announcements because it's not Mm. worth talking about but probably the biggest announcement was that um and i'm not sure if you've read or seen any of this stuff at all from celebration not really okay so i did hear they're making a second season of uh of uh visions yes with with different animation teams studios from uh, all different countries all over the world instead of just Japan yeah, so just uh, this Japan. time. Visions is, 1 was pretty cool. cool. I thought several yeah, of them were yeah. really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the, the biggest news is probably that they are, they what they, sh- they should do here is they announced three movies because, you know, the Star Wars has been kind of taking a bit of a break from the theaters. Um, right. After they inundated us with way too much. Mm-hmm. Um and they focused on their their small screen stuff, which is which is which has actually been a really good thing for the franchise, where it needed to go. It's been under the the, uh, the custody of you know David Filoni, Dave Filoni, and and his his uh, thing. I, the more and more I watch things like The Mandalorian and such, I just think about like Dave probably played a lot of Star Wars role playing games, and this is all of his characters, you know that, that he, <laughs> he created because because that, that's okay. that's what you know. It is especially so. Th- one of the biggest things is that uh, Ahsoka got a trailer, and it it is heavily, heavily, heavily involved with the Rebels cast. They're all present in live action. They're all main characters. Um, so if you haven't seen Rebels, then you'll probably be lost on all the characters. Um, sure, but it's uh again Dave's characters. He's pr- pr- why wouldn't you? If you you know you're a huge rabid crazy Star Wars fan, and you finally get keys to the kingdom to make whatever you want, you're going to make your characters that you did in cartoon into live, of course. Um, the Magic Kingdom, right? But 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 that but that wasn't the point. The point I was to say is that they they uh, announced three movies, um, and instead of Star Wars doing this whole like we have to move forward and do this stuff, is that um, they announced that they're intentionally telling the story of the of the universe in different times. So the three movies that they're going to release are going to take place in three di- very different time periods. One of them is going to take place in the high Republic time period, which is before any of the prequels. It's when the Jedis were all big Jedi people throughout the whole stuff. Right. Right. Um, so, and that's something that's been explored a lot in the comic books recently in the last four or five years. Um, and it's going to get its own, um, it's going to get its own, TV series. I think it's called the acolyte. Uh, so that, that'll be the first introduction to life before the prequels. Um, and then what, you know, what, what it's like when the Jedi are prevalent through the entire universe or galaxy. 
mm-hmm. and this movie that movie will take place then another one takes place um after after rise of skywalker it's going to take 15 take place 15 years after the rise of skywalker and it will center around ray forming the jedi order again and kira or is that what's her name the daisy ridley daisy ridley i said kira knightley uh daisy ridley is returning as ray um so they'll have her um like aged up or something i don't don't know it's about gonna be about 15 years but after they make made the last one right i don't know when did they make rise of skywalker not 15 years ago right yeah. Who knows how long these movies take to get out? They they may be fifteen. Oh years, oh, sure. I see what you're saying. I, yeah, I really don't know. You know, but, but they did say fifteen years from from after Rise of Skywalker. They might. I see if it's made. I mean, twenty nineteen would be twenty thirty four. Nineteen is when they made that. So well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess they may age her up. I'm not sure. Um, I guess it's possible. Or or maybe they'll be. They just make her closer to her natural age. Who, who knows? Um, hmm. So that's that's that story. But the, other, the and the third one is a movie. This is kind of cool. It's a movie directed and written by Dave Filoni, set in uh, the Mandalorian time period. So between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens, um, and that will be the culmination of all of the the Disney Plus uh, Star Wars streamers yeah. series. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it'll be it's 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 going to bring together. Ahsoka, it's going to bring together Mandalorian, it's going to bring together, you know, Bad Batch, it's going to bring together all of the the things that are out there right now, Book of Boba Fett, and put those stories together. And they're and the way he explains it is that these TV series or streaming series are pushing towards this movie. They'll all push towards this ultimate thing that will end up. You'll go watch the the, the film and get to see it all thing, which is pretty neat. Hmm. It's kind of like a it's a Marvel thing, right? That they're yeah, yeah, building up to that stuff. An Avengers movie, so that's that's pretty cool. I think I think that one of all of them will probably do the best, or at least for the fans. I think um, sure. So th- there's more for celebration stuff, but those I think were the the biggest ones was those three movies. Um, pretty cool. You should go up, go online and watch uh, the trailer for for Ahsoka. Uh, she's my favorite char- uh, Star Wars character anyway, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> to see sure, that. sure. Um, Speaking of that, Mandalorian's doing a, a Bo-Katan Kree's season this year. Yeah. Uh, yep. did, did not expect that. To, I thought they were going to go back and take over Mandalore, but I didn't realize this was going to be a Bo-Katan series. Do you think that uh, they'll make um, Grogu be the actual Mandalorian? Uh, I thought that for a while, um, but I don't think so anymore. You think I mean, that seems to be where they're taking it. I didn't really expect that because she's she is doesn't really appear for the first couple episodes. First season, um, right? I don't think she's in the first season. Oh, I just meant of this season. Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have a complicated relationship with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> It's uh you know the, the that series comes and goes for me. It's it's very like there are parts of it I really love, and there are other parts of it where I'm like, oh, this is silly, and I'm sure somebody loves it, and that's great, but it's not doing much for me. Um, like this last episode. This, I mean, this last episode was another one of those. There were yeah. there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, that's cool, 
and then in the next scene, I like that's dumb. Yeah, why, why, um, why are they? I mean, they had battle droids in it, and that's basically yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all of the like, I don't know the and and then I had the same reaction to the most rec- recent episode of Picard, where there are interesting what I think are interesting things happening, but they're rushed through so that we can do this other kind of more fan servicey stuff with both series. Um, and, and, you know, I've not been the biggest fan of Star Trek Picard either. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I don't necessarily want the whole thing to be, you know, slow and thoughtful and boring. Like I still want there to be fun, funny, exciting stuff. Um, but the Mandalorian yeah, seems to take like this, this idea that he, he comes up with an idea. Let's say uh, there is a um, Yoda, baby Yoda, and he has to take him to the Jedi, right? Like that's the idea. And then right. that idea can pretty, pretty much be a self-sustained for one or two episodes. So let's actually split that up into you know, 24 and then we'll put just a little bit in each one about that main storyline. And then the rest is just something totally not about that. Sure. Um, and, and that's, it's, it, that seems to be Filoni's kind of MO is that he just puts, you know, like for example, in this last one, it was all about what, whatever they were doing on that planet with the robots. Um, and then at the <laughs> end she goes and talks to the Mandalorian stuff. I'm like, the only thing that really mattered was her going and talking to the Mandalorian people. Right? You know, I I don't know if we've talked about this on the show because it's not really interesting if you don't know the people involved. But um, one of our friends, who I won't name, though I probably he you probably will when I start when I continue <laughs> on in this anecdote. Uh, one of our friends likes to compare a lot of films and TV series to D and D, and it annoys me because I'm like. That's not what D&D means, but that that conversation of what D&D means is a conversation you and I have had on the air many times. Um, but, well, you alluded to this at the beginning of this conversation, talking about Filoni and the Star Wars Celebration stuff. Um, some of this stuff feels like somebody is writing a tabletop RPG campaign. For sure. I know people just call that D&D, but D&D... This is a real thing. It's a real thing. Tabletop RPG. Um, And so it sort of feels like, you know, maybe Filoni and, 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 um, Favreau. Favreau. Uh, and, you know, who knows? Maybe a couple other people sat in a room with, uh, with Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed this last episode, by the way. Which I saw that in the credits and I was like, oh, this reminds me of season one when they did the Seven Samurai thing and michael is like this is goofy and dumb and i don't think she can direct and i was like i thought it was fine it's so, funny how those conversations go back and forth but it like the writer said i can picture and who knows i'm imagining this so who knows uh i can picture the writer sitting in a room going okay here's our arc din's got the dark saber and we want to get to something whether that's yep. bo-katan creating new mandalore she has to get the saber and they're like, okay, so how do we get, all right, we can have her do this and save him and that, but he's not going to get like, he could give it to her right away, but we've only got now 
sticking with the RPG metaphor, they, right. we've only got like one night or one or two play sessions worth of story here. Right. We've got to we've got to give them something else to do in the meantime, and it's I'm straining the metaphor a little bit because it's even more literal when you're no, making I think, a television I think you're series. Right on. Yeah. Right. Is you're like you're like oh okay this is a good story, but it's only one episode, or it's like maybe you could stretch it out to a whole movie, mm-hmm. but we don't have a movie. We have eight hours to. F- I mean, they're not yeah. hour episodes, though. This last one, uh, I do it no, as I'm a DM. Of, I do it as a of, DM. Of Ted yeah. Lasso. You're like. Okay, let's uh, let's send them on a side quest. Yeah. Um, first to to give them something to do, and they can meet new interesting people and have have adventures. And that's a little bit how The Last of Us was, except the the, the like arcing story wasn't really a story. It was just developing these characters. Like, yes, right, there's right. a story. It, which it is was like, all the side stories. With the Last of you us know. Was, yeah. Whether or not she's carrying the cure for the zombie fungus or whatever right. kind of thing, but it, like the side stories were the story. Yeah, um, right. And it's an interesting. It takes us it takes me back to our frequent conversation over the last few years about um, episodic versus serial serialized. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think I'm using serialized in that in that dichotomy, but. Um, like, is your show, a Poker Face did this too, except that the individual episodes just barely hinted at the arcing story. Right, um, right. So many series have just an arcing story. Yes, and Discovery. That's, fi- that's fine in a binge-released mo- model. Yes. Um, but after a few years of that, some people, and I, I know me for sure, it gets exhausting. Like every yeah. time I start up, like I drop off some shows because I'm like, Oh, I haven't watched this in two months. Like, is the recap going to give me enough? Okay. I have to remember who's, who's that guy and who does he, what does he want? And I know like part of this is me. Um, because I like to, even when I give stuff half my attention, I still like to know and understand And If I don't, I feel like, why am I watching this? If somebody else who watches this is going to get all this, you know, rich deep story out of betrayals and and intricate little maneuverings and machiavelli stuff with these characters and i don't remember who this guy is or what he wants (laughs) and i'm like uh you know what i'm just gonna watch something else yeah um because it's because it's literally too much work um which is ridiculous a a ridiculous way to describe entertainment um i mean i I enjoyed game of thrones by waiting until season four to start watching right um, I mean, and I binge watched all the way up to there, but yeah. And then, but then in the episodic model, um, you can, if, you know, anything goes wrong with it, like it can, as a screenwriter might say, it could fail the so what test, yeah. right? If you know that the the show is always going to maintain status quo, right? It works great in comedy, Right, like in uh, yeah. in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the sitcom thing where they return to status quo, except it's almost weaponized because the characters will do such crazy stuff. They'll like practically burn the bar down or whatever, and it somehow has to reset. It somehow all has to go back so they can be, you know, back still... there the next day. 
back at the status quo at the start of the next episode. Um, and, and yeah, a lot of, a lot of shows try to balance. Um, what did I see? I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I saw some, something else that, that tried to balance, uh, the two. And of course, before streaming, you had to balance it. Right. And you had to put Mm -hmm. more, you had to put the weight, like the majority of the storytelling on the episode itself, the episodic story, um, because, you know, people had to be able to jump in in the middle. Yeah, um, could, not everybody could be Thursday at 6 o'clock. Right, the right. You, there was no way of guaranteeing that everybody could see every episode, yeah. um, which is 100% not the case now. Um, but sure. instead, we just have a deluge of, of media, and so you have to you have to compete for people's attention a lot right. harder than you used to, like in the 80s and 90s. Right. Um, so, so with with Mandalorian, yeah, I got way off field there. <laughs> um, yeah, it 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 feels, and I don't know. It, it I guess it depends on the episode or the episodic story, right? Like, am I interested in whatever the side quest is this week? And if I am, then I'm enjoying the show, and it's fine, and it's fun, and it's good. And if it's you know another chance for Amy Sedaris to talk to droids and call baby Yoda or call Grogu a womp rat or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, great. He's back on Tatooine again. Cool. Yeah, yeah. He needs a special battery for the, it. It feels, it feels like story padding because it is. Yes. Right. Like that sometimes some of the stuff that he does, he goes to get cleansed. Like you're like, oh, that seems, but it's part of at least we haven't seen the whole season, so I don't know. But if that is, the big story then it makes sense and it's and it's meshed together well other times it's like you just you just you know as they say chewing scenery you're just padding the runtime which again if i'm enjoying it and i'm entertained by what he's like in the first season he would just go to a planet and you know somebody needs him to rest the jawas want him to steal an egg for him or whatever like i didn't care because it's fun and good and and all the star wars content had been so disappointing for the last few years that i was like this is amazing i love every minute of this <laughs> right. um and you know now that we're starting to get some more better stuff like Andor, um yeah. i'm like okay and we're on the th- third season of this and we've talked we talked a couple weeks ago about the the reveal at the end of season two and how bringing grogu back poorly in the middle of another show which yeah. is just just terrible like talk about homework right <laughs> that one yeah that was the big thing I did we talk about this or did we, i hear that we on did, another? Yeah. we did okay yeah. yeah like like put the put the the important interstitial arc for this uh this series rushed in the middle of another series that was bad um right. which right. is just it's just which poor was the best part poor. of that, that that series right poor planning exactly um i I think this is i think this is just feloni's thing i think this is the way he does it because and i love that we're talking about this right now because that i can now after this conversation put my feelings about all the star wars feloni stuff into words because because i agree i think i like your analogy of it being a, a, a tabletop adventure like that totally makes sense like you're he's 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 being the dm that he's gonna 
every episode he's going to remind us we're going towards a main villain or we're going what the story arc is as the dm but in the middle we're running the the players decide they're going to run and and help the tavern owner do a thing in town like right. that that totally makes sense for this for this show and the series and all of all of Filoni's stuff and if you look at it like that cuz i know our buddy justin gets really frustrated that they don't move forward with the arc, like the main story. Thing. Right. And, and I get right. that too. But if you now, if you think of it as this, you know, little D and D session, we'll use a tabletop session with, with a campaign. that has got a long campaign. And then now Filoni is saying, we're going to end up with a big story at the end, a big movie at the end, you know, like that's just like a campaign. It's, you know, long campaign yeah. that we're going through and we're getting all and, these characters and, to... and all these things and, yeah, and to and to sort of echo some of the conversation last week around the D and D movie, um, I you know not to generalize uh, uh, TRPG table uh, groups parties, but I don't think there are. Let me put it this way: I think a D and D player playing a character who is fixated on the big story is a minority of D and D players. Yes. Right. I think right. the majority are either, you know, goofy distraction or just want to do something cool with their character in yes. this session, in this play session. Yes. And the, it's, it's almost the opposite, right? We talk about stories on rails because the, the D and D, the DM, the GM person running the game has to sometimes, like herd cats to get I'm gesturing with my hands um, mm -hmm. to get the players back toward the big story they're trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With, with like carrot sticks. Uh, yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> kind, kind and, of, and thing. you know what, even um, with uh yeah, to even follow that analogy, analogy one little step further is that you could, because they have, I don't know if they are at least this season, but I know they were for sure the first season and maybe the first, second season is that they were very intent on putting different directors for every episode. Um, right. And it could just be seen as like guest GMs every week. You know, you have one guy sure. who says, this is the, this is the story. You got to get him here, but I want you to run the town adventure. And in this town adventure, you just have your little fun where they have him fight a vampire here. But remember, they've got to go towards the dragon cult at the end. Right. Like, okay. Right. And that right. adventure is, that GM running this self-contained thing with some hooks into the thing that their main story that they kind of go into, but not really the, the main point. So that makes me just, that makes me understand a lot of this. Also, it explains why I have a heck of a hard time going back and watching things like Rebels and Clone mm. Wars, because it does that 100% too. There's so many cool things, but I think there's just so full of padding that I really need. I, I told Sydney this the other day, I was like, I need a... Uh, uh, what should I watch to see Bo-Katan's, you know, which episode should I watch to see Bo-Katan's Mandalorian story? Right? I know sure. it's because I went, I went and say, oh, it's like in season two or something, or three. So I'm going to watch season three and it's like a whole bunch of stuff that I don't want to watch about, you know, maybe Princess Leia comes and does something or Padme does or Amidon, whoever it is, you know, one of the senators goes and, and has an episode and then it's a Jar Jar episode and then, oh, there's a Mandalorian episode and then it goes off and does another R2-D2 episode. And I'm like, I want to know the ones where we're following the main story, and then I can just watch those. Sure. Yeah. Um, it Maybe we'll have me, this for I, these stories at the end, too. 
Yeah, I didn't watch very much of this, but it reminds me of things that I've heard people say about the X-Files. Oh, yeah, sure. Same, 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 same. Where it's the same. Like, you've got this arcing story where where uh, Mulder's sister was abducted or whatever, and he's trying to figure out the truth is out there, and he's got the cigarette-smoking man and the um, those three guys, lone range whatever i forget what they're called um lone gun no not lone gunman that's something lone else. Ranger? um there were three guys who were like conspiracy theorists whatever anyway yeah. they're they're recurring characters in that show but then some of the episodes would just be oh they found something some kind of possessed deer in a small town or whatever i don't know it's been a long time since i saw any x-files i watched some of that reboot season but i don't think i even finished it um but then there would either be hints of the ongoing story or they would do a couple episodes a season going back to the main story and they try to mix it back and forth. I think if if you have the philosophy that um, the episodes of your show are fun and interesting, right? Like the 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 world is cool. The characters are compelling, relatable, whatever, and people are going to show up for that in the same way that players are going to show up to play your fun game of D&D, TRPG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then it makes sense that, you know, rather than, because like, what is your goal? Is your goal to tell this one story? I mean, yes, but that's only part of it. You want people to have fun along the way and to experience enough of your world that getting to that story feels earned, right? Feels like a yeah. like an accomplishment. And so then you trust the writers, you know, I assume even with different directors, like they're still um, involved in the writing of all of the episodes. Um to an extent. Right. Um, but you, you trust that, um, you know, the sort of guest DM or the director will give the audience something fun every week that they'll yeah. enjoy and move the story a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and, and if, if you like role playing games, some of the fun of it is that you have, Hey, man, this just totally kind of changes my perspective on some of these things because um, <laughs> you have fun characters that are fun in a in a. Remember that bartender we went to that time and oh, and Tony talked to him forever and rolled a twenty on his charisma and then they went off to a party and it was you know those little things that don't matter for anything but you remember because of whatever. Sure, you have stuff like that in here with like you remember that cool like trooper character that we we you know that joined us for an adventure and now she's like a marshal somewhere and mm. you know st- stuff like that you know or uh uh the guy that was once a uh a rogue uh pirate type guy and then he got captured and then he, we got him we we released him to help us run a um a job or something which was bill burr's character you know mm-hmm. um they're, they're not necessarily you end up with all this tapestry in your world of all these different characters that literally make up your world right and then as a good dm will do 
is eventually you figure the story out later on. And what I think he's doing is he's making stuff like, was it Navarre, the planet or whatever that he, that, that they kind of have been circling around the whole time. He's making mm-hmm. it a big thing. I don't know if that was a planned thing, but now as a DM, I can see, certainly see that like our stories are, keep coming back here. We've built characters here. We're, we're, we're learning that. Let's, let's make it a big thing. You know, let's make it uh, the, the home for the, for the Mandalorians, you know, um, which just feels very D and D now that I put it in that perspective, it totally <laughs> like real D and D sessions, you know? Right. Right. Uh, so, wow, that's just a totally different way. So the other side of this is uh, we've got like 10 minutes left is uh star, the star Trek with Picard. I think that show is just, plodding along very very slow with a very thin plot and it's not giving us it's un, unlike the mandalorian or the or the dave filoni shows where they're giving us a little fun adventures on each in each episode they just are just dragging this one storyline on forever like who is jack what is jack who is jack doing why yeah. is not jack yeah and and really i think really counting on the weight of nostalgia of having the TNG cast together, which it's because the writers are terrible. You said this before, Dennis. You said it like every time they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like it can, you know. I oh, boy, I don't know. I'll just start ten minutes. <laughs> done this. Um, I mean, I, I like the cast. I'm having a fun time this season with right, next generation right. characters, but the writing is it took still me, terrible. Yeah, TNG is not my Star Trek. Right is the simplest way to say that. I have nothing against that series. I have grown to love it. It's mine right? for sure. Um, Picard was my favorite captain until I saw Anson Mount making ribs in his quarters <laughs> with like, a fireplace, yep. uh, saying he's going to pull the car over. Um, no, that's <laughs> not true. That's his series. It's from from back in Discovery season two when he yeah. says, "If you tell me this ship can jump around on a network of mushrooms, I kind of got to take it on faith." And I was like, this this guy, this guy trusts his crew like Picard did. This is Star Trek. Anyway, um, and so I love, you know, LeVar Burton, Frakes, Patrick Stewart, um, Gates McFadden, yeah. all of them, um, and having them back, but not, not, not enough to excuse just how bad the writing is it's such a, it feels so reductive to say it that way but we don't have all night to for me to expound on stuff like i did with with uh and and <laughs> Man, and star wars mandalorian um there's just so much that i'm like okay that was interesting there's a i, I don't want to give spoilers if people are still watching it but there's a there's a uh mind battle that happens in this uh-huh. most recent episode. You haven't finished it, have you? I haven't finished it, so I may not know. Exactly okay, the, 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 never mind. I won't. I won't go into <laughs> that. But it, it's a thing that almost could have been a, at least a whole episode, or like spread out over a couple episodes, and it's resolved in this episode in maybe two or three minutes worth of screen time scattered out in a couple of, sh- of scenes. Yeah, and I'm like that. I like the idea of that, but it was so easy. It was so rushed. Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if the writers are new or, um, you know, not, not, not great, not big Star Trek fans or what it is. Um, but I think if, 
um, if we didn't have basically, you know, all of the next generation cast that they could get, which is pretty much everybody still yeah. living except for Will Wheaton. Right. Um, if they didn't have all of that cast there, if it was just Patrick Stewart and Jerry Ryan and maybe, I mean, I don't know. Frakes makes a big difference, but if it was just the two of them with like Rafi and the other ragtag people they've had in the yeah. first two seasons, I I don't, I think we'd be looking at it just like the first two seasons. Like, what is this is bad. I don't care about any of this. Um, you know, I mean, you, so say it was the same and they were doing the story with Jack, but they just had Picard seven and, and, um, and Dr. Crusher. I think it would still, we'd be looking at it like the other seasons going, well, yeah, they're focusing on stuff some more, but it's still, it's still bad. There's still not, not enough interesting story here. And, and I don't know, there's enough, I think maybe at a different time, again, I don't like to keep heaping praise on Strange New Worlds, but if there weren't really good things, really well-made things, you know, that I'd seen and enjoyed, maybe the TNG nostalgia would be enough for me. If like, yeah. if we didn't have two seasons of bad Star Trek Picard to, to compare against, if this was the first <laughs> season, I'd be like, well, this isn't great, but it's still good. It's still cool to see yeah. all, all these people again, but there's just too many. I see too many of the cracks to, yeah, it's, to just fully enjoy it. It's, it's a, uh... It's the writing. It's good. I think it just falls down on that because I think that the directing is pretty good. I think the shots are neat. I think the sets are really cool and well done. The CGs, you know, the graphics are really impressive. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. They've got this season. They've cleaned house and they actually have really good actors. I think in all the roles, not just the returning next generation cast. I think the captain is very unique character um, mm-hmm. and a pretty pretty good actor. Um, I think that the Titan crew is interesting. I, I like. Uh, uh, Lilla Forge uh, daughter is really cool and mm-hmm. she's a great actress. Yeah. I like Picard's son. I think Jack's pre- uh, you know, a good actor and but just the writing is and it's not like they're saying dumb things. It's just I, like you said I don't know if they're young writers or or new writers or something but they just are falling back on some really tired things with like for example, Jack having problems and just not telling anybody. Right? It's like right. Or, you know, he's the he's the crux of all things, and he just won't say, "Oh, I'm having problems." Hey, mom, I I just controlled somebody, right? Like if somebody can read minds, the first thing you do is you turn to somebody and say, "I just read your mind," right? It's instead right. they just hide it forever and and plod it along. And Picard won't come forward and say something he needs to say, or you know, Riker doesn't. I mean, do the that's. Thing. That's like, that's the thing that's the thing that we say ever since I saw whatever that tweet or article um about next generation is like um I forget the example they use but like one of the one of the female it's it's Crusher or Troy comes back from an away mission and is like oh there's a something you know I see a weird alien like there's something she sees nobody else can see and in any other TV show, the other characters, you'd go through this whole arc of like them, them keeping a secret or dealing with some people and they don't believe them and they have to prove it. 
But on Star Trek Next Generation, she tells somebody and they immediately, their response, or no, it's it's not that, it's whatever. It's like a crewman uh, she says, hey, we're being sucked into an anomaly. Mm-hmm. And the and Picard or whoever else is, is you know, they often do this with contrast, right? Where they'll bring in some other captain and the captain is skeptical and whatever. But Picard is like, okay, what can we do? Like, let's react to it. Let's fix it. Like it's it's a it's a universe where the these people are all professionals and there's no bad faith right, right? everybody tells the truth and i mean not to, to get too high-minded with that but right. um it's just a very um what can be kind of easy to miss yeah. um well, this, this, has that, that this has that uh this is a this is a a two-hour one movie script stretched real thin you know yeah and and like i, I i'm over it I'm, I'm over i'm as much as i like jack <laughs> and like the, the prospects of it, i'm just so so over that it's it's crazy i'm uh, and i think the the villain is a cool villain but i'm just done with it like you mm-hmm. she should have given her motivations in the second episode or you know whatever it was and now we're eight episodes in and we still don't i mean maybe they do after i've not seen this the, the second half of this last episode but eight episodes is taken to not know why she's still chasing him like that's right. eight hours of not knowing what the main villain's motivations are well and it was only the last episode maybe the one before not not the one you're watching but the one prior maybe the one before that um where we even understood like the vaguest sense of who Vedic is. Right. Vedic. Yeah. It, it, th- that's just bad writing. It's just bad writing. So everybody else is doing a really good job, I think with the show and they're, and they've, and I think even the, maybe the producers have recognized and done a good job. It's funny how I can recognize Hollywood things with this now, but mm. they, they, they've stepped and said, okay, let's get rid of these cast members. Let's close this thing up. Let's move these things. Let's pull in the next generation. Let's give fans what they wanted. There's a lot of things that they're, everybody's doing right just not the writers. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's really unfortunate. This season is a step up from the other ones, but it's still, you're saddled to um, the producer's um, nephew who just graduated from you know, <laughs> Caltech with a, a screenwriters. L- uh, literal nepotism. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's, that's what we're, we're stuck with. So, um, you know, we don't have many episodes left. Um, it'll, it'll be fine. I, After the this, season is over, maybe we'll talk about, what the future if they're doing a spinoff or yeah i'd like i would ends. like to see a spinoff with obviously a different team like a people making it you know don't hire the same damn writers obviously um sure but but this, i think the characters are worth continuing i i like that not the next generation characters but the new characters the new are, ones, are yeah. worth and i like to see star trek in the future going forward you know uh not discovery jump 900 years in the future but uh, I'd like to see a, a modern day. What's that's weird, is that right? The right phrase. Modern day a trek. Um, right, right. You know what I mean. Like right, going going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with, without old people and see see a new thing that that would be really great. Um, I'm obviously the Anson Mount stuff is the best trek out. Um, so that that'll mm-hmm. come. And I uh, but I think that uh, I don't know what Picard's how they're going to end his season or his series i don't know what they're gonna are they gonna kill him off again i mean they've all died 50 times now it's getting old um, right 
And even if they killed off Data one more time, I'm not going to care. They kill off Picard now. I'm not going to care, <laughs> right? Because they've already done it. You can't keep pulling that well. Um, right. They'll they'll kill off Gates McFadden is what they'll do. Okay, fine, whatever. Mm. But that's another. One. Or or I I'm betting Riker bites it. That's my there's my vote. I'm voting Riker bites it. But <laughs> you know the way they've done with Star Trek, it's worse than comic books now. They can come back at any time. Um, I think the Mandalorian will will not wrap up anything. I think that no. its series will end with. Uh, Bo-Katan maybe having people enough to go fight Mandalore, but I don't think they'll actually get Mandalore. Maybe they will. Um, but since now they've got the announcement of this big uh, movie, movie, I think they're just yeah. going to have, they're going to plot uh, a, a, ch- a, ch- a chart a course in the plot next several co- seasons course. towards this movie with Warp all of the characters. Yeah. And then, and then what we're going to get was we're going to get these, you know, adventure sessions now for the next couple seasons with, uh, sprinkles all the way to the movie, uh, which is not bad. I'm not saying that's bad, but that's what I'm going to now expect from Star Wars stuff and Star Trek. Uh, I'm just going to keep waiting for Strange New Worlds. Right, right. Yeah, uh, but you know, Discovery's gone. Are, do we know what, anything else they're doing? Are they Picard's gone? Going to be over and Discovery's over. Discovery's done. I don't. I don't think we need six Star Treks all happening. Well, what else do we have? I mean, Lower Decks is just is just a a, a cartoon joke. Lower, not Lower joke. Decks, it's, and there's there's Prodigy, right? Which I've never right, seen. Right, that's but a kids show. There's still kid, I'm talking about like show. live action people. There's um, just Strange New Worlds, right? Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy, Strange New Worlds. That's five. I don't think. Well, aren't they? They're doing they're doing an Academy thing oh that's doing an academy S- thing right and there was Starfleet also academy. supposed to be that that uh a michelle yo thing but i don't think in a section 31 thing yeah i mean she yeah. she's she's a big time big you mean time you mean person you mean academy award winner michelle yo exactly right long overdue um right right but yeah uh yeah, I guess there's this, but but right now all we know is in production is Strange New Worlds, and that's and that's it. So they they better get some some move on with that. They want Star Trek to keep going. I think I mean Star Trek has had lulls and gaps before. I think it'll survive. Yeah, but they just had. Some I would crappy. I would I would rather only have one good Star Trek than one good one and five. Oh oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I good, just know. I just three know how bad ones works. and. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I just know streaming works that I'm going to get three years in between Strange New Worlds, or sorry, two years in between Strange New Worlds things from now on, probably. I, I'd like to have one more in there. But it's fine. It's fine. I, I, you're right. I don't want to complain too much about a, a good show. That's, that's there's, okay. there's plenty to watch. You can there, There's probably other 80s anime films you could watch if you're bored. <laughs> <on> a... <laughs> Pro- probably. I, go back and watch the Robotech series. How's that? There you go. There you go. Cool. All right. You've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 292. Wow, we're getting close to 300 here. Close to the big three. Oh, oh. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. Our buddy Fox has reviews on things. I think, did he, you said he wrote a review for Mario. I don't know if he but wrote Super Mario review or not. He went and watched it with Nathan. So um, I haven't gotten his opinion on that. I think he said, I think I heard him say that he enjoyed it the same way that I did. I mean, he said it before sure. I did, but. Right, 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 right. Um, if you want to reach out to us via email and tell us everything we're wrong about D&D, Star Wars, and Star Trek, the the holy trinity of nerd 
fights. Um, <laughs> we did do all three of those, didn't we? Yeah. You can reach us via email. I think Magic the Gathering is the only one we did. We should have uh, said those words in there. Where's, where's Blizzard in, in, in the conference? Yeah, get, get Blizzarded here. Um, that address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing WoW. Cause my, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> my Windows computer is down. I get, I need a game that'll run on Mac, and Blizzard is the only ones that, that, that do it. Um, Where were you? Webs- the, the, the website, com. It's contact forms and show notes. Last week's episode, I put links to all the games, board games we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check those out on Board Game Geek. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you'd leave us a review, we appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.